Let's read together Joshua chapter 16. Now in this talk, we're going to study both Joshua 16 and 17. For each chapter, we'll take a couple of background notes, one doctrinal point, and one practical application. Joshua chapter 16 and 17 is the record of the inheritance of the tribes of Ephraim and the half-tribe of Manasseh in the land of Canaan. Joshua chapter 16, beginning at verse 1. The lot fell to the children of Joseph from the Jordan, by Jericho to the waters of Jericho on the east, to the wilderness that goes up from Jericho through the mountains to Bethel. Then went out from Bethel to Luz, passed along to the border of the Archites at Ataroth, and went down westward to the boundary of the Japhletites, as far as the boundary of lower Bethhoron to Gezer, and it ended at the sea. So the children of Joseph, Manasseh, and Ephraim took their inheritance. Now from verse 5 through the end of the chapter, we have the specific boundaries of the tribe of Ephraim, which was north of Judah and south of Manasseh, as we'll see. Let's read the last verse, verse 10. And they, that is Ephraim, did not drive out the Canaanites who dwelt in Gezer, but the Canaanites dwell among the Ephraimites to this day and have become forced laborers. Let's begin this chapter with some background notes. The children of Joseph mentioned in verse 1 would be the tribes of Ephraim and Manasseh. Remember, there was no tribe of Joseph in Israel. But Joseph received his blessing in the land through his two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh. In fact, through his two sons, Joseph received a double portion in the land, which was one aspect of the birthright. 1 Chronicles chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. Ephraim and Manasseh received the largest and best territory in the heart of the land, as we see in this chapter and chapter 17. This land was fertile and beautiful, as you can see even to this day. We already saw in chapter 13 that one half of the tribe of Manasseh received a good chunk of land on the east side of the Jordan River. Now here in chapter 16 and 17, the tribe of Ephraim and the other half-tribe of Manasseh received their territories on the west side of the Jordan River. Notice from verse 6 here in chapter 16 that Shiloh is included in Ephraim's territory. This is where the tabernacle would be for more than 300 years to come. Well, more we could say for the background, but let's move now to our doctrinal point for this chapter. God is more pleased with territory gained than with tribute given. God is more pleased with territory gained than with tribute given. Verse 10, once again. And the Ephraimites did not drive out the Canaanites who dwelt in Gezer, but the Canaanites dwell among the Ephraimites to this day and have become forced laborers. We've seen in our studies of Joshua that the physical land of Canaan, where the blessings and battles were for Israel, represents or pictures the spiritual land of spiritual blessings and spiritual battles in the Christian life. The enemies in the land represent forms of spiritual opposition that Satan uses to keep us from fully following the Lord. God wanted Ephraim to drive out the Canaanites from the land completely, but Ephraim failed. Now they did put the Canaanites to work and make them pay tribute, and most likely some of that work and tribute went into the service of the Lord, maybe even into the tabernacle at Shiloh. But God is more pleased with territory gained than with tribute given. Do you see the lesson? You know, I know Christians today that are really into making money. The love of money motivates them. 
It's their number one priority. Now, as a result of making more money, they give more money to the Lord. But the love of the Lord is not their number one priority. Money is. Listen, God is more pleased when we gain more territory in the spiritual land that he has given us than in receiving tribute with enemies like the love of money still left in the land. God is more pleased with territory gained than with tribute given. Practical application. Will it be said in heaven that you could not or that you would not? Will it be said in heaven that you could not or that you would not? Go back to the last verse of Joshua 15, verse 63. As for the Jebusites, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the children of Judah could not drive them out. Do you notice the slight difference between this verse and verse 10 of chapter 16 in reference to Ephraim? Verse 10 of 16, once again, And Ephraim did not drive out the Canaanites who dwelt in Gezer, but the Canaanites dwell among the Ephraimites to this day and have become forced laborers. Do you see the slight difference? Judah could not drive out the Jebusites. Ephraim did not drive out the Canaanites. In the case of Judah, as we've seen, it was lack of faith. If they had the faith, God would have given them the strength. But here in the case of Ephraim, it seems that the main problem was the will. They didn't want to drive out the Canaanites. They would rather put them to forced labor and receive tribute from them. Now we see the same thing in the case of Manasseh in Joshua chapter 17. Look over at verses 12 and 13. Yet the children of Manasseh could not drive out the inhabitants of those cities, but the Canaanites were determined to dwell in that land. And it happened when the children of Israel grew strong that they put the Canaanites to forced labor, but did not utterly drive them out. You see, at first, Manasseh could not drive them out, but when they became strong and could drive them out, they would not drive them out. They would rather coexist with the enemy if they could get some benefit out of that relationship. What a mistake. Do you see the application? Is it possible that you're willing to live a life in coexistence with some sin or some benefit from the enemy? Don't be a worldly Christian. Will it be said in heaven that you could not or that you would not? Let's move now to Joshua chapter 17. Now in this chapter, we have the territory of the half-tribe of Manasseh on the west side of the Jordan River. These boundaries are covered up through verse 13 of the chapter. And from verse 14 to the end of the chapter, we have the request of both Ephraim and Manasseh for more land. Let's pick it up in Joshua 17, beginning at verse 14. Then the children of Joseph spoke to Joshua, saying, Why have you given us only one lot and one share to inherit, since we are a great people, inasmuch as the Lord has blessed us until now? So Joshua answered them, If you are a great people, then go up to the forest country and clear a place for yourself there in the land of the Perizzites and the giants, since the mountains of Ephraim are too confined for you. But the children of Joseph said, The mountain country is not enough for us, and all the Canaanites who dwell in the land of the valley have chariots of iron, both those who are Bethshean and its towns and those who are of the valley of Jezreel. And Joshua spoke to the house of Joseph, to Ephraim and Manasseh, saying, You are a great people and have great power. You shall not have only one lot, but the mountain country shall be yours. Although it is wooded, you shall cut it down. 
and its farthest extent shall be yours. For you shall drive out the Canaanites, though they have iron chariots and are strong. Let's consider a couple of background notes now for this chapter. In verse 3, we read about Zelophehad and his five daughters. What's this all about anyway? Well, back in Numbers chapter 27, we read that Zelophehad had no sons, only five daughters. So the daughters came to Moses and requested the inheritance of their father, which was normally given to the sons. Now, Moses didn't say at that point, well, I'm sorry, ladies, we've never done it this way before. Tradition is that it's a man's world, and you women are but mere chattel. You don't count when the land is given out. No, Moses brought their request before the Lord, and here's what the Lord said. Numbers chapter 27, verse 7. The ladies are right. You shall surely give them a possession of inheritance among their father's brothers and cause the inheritance of their father to pass to them. Let's move now to our doctrinal point. God is more pleased with faith walkers than with faith talkers. God is more pleased with faith walkers than with faith talkers. In verse 14, we read, Then the children of Joseph spoke to Joshua, saying, Why have you given us only one lot and one share to inherit, since we are a great people, inasmuch as the Lord has blessed us until now? Notice that the tribes of Ephraim and Manasseh did not deny that the Lord had blessed them. In fact, they probably recounted a number of ways in which the Lord had blessed them. But former victories are not power for today. In other words, Ephraim and Manasseh were good faith talkers, like a lot of Christians today, who can give you a great testimony of how the Lord saved them and blessed them in the past. But what about the present? Ephraim and Manasseh were great faith talkers, but Ephraim and Manasseh were not great faith walkers. They wanted more territory, but they didn't want to work for it or fight for it. What a contrast, by the way, to Caleb, as we remember back in Joshua chapter 14. Well, Joshua said to Ephraim and Manasseh in verse 15, If you are a great people, then go up to the forest country and clear a place for yourself there in the land of the Perizzites and the giants, since the mountains of Ephraim are too confined for you. But Ephraim and Manasseh were lazy and afraid, as we see in verse 16. But the children of Joseph said, The mountain country is not enough for us, for all the Canaanites who dwell in the land of the valley have chariots of iron. Ephraim and Manasseh were unwilling to step out in faith and fight for the land. They were faith talkers, but not faith walkers. You know, there's a lot of Christians in this same category today. They talk to faith and say they want more spiritual land, but they don't walk to faith. They say they want to get into the word more, and they say they want to serve the Lord more, and they say they want to pray more, but it's all talk. They're lazy and afraid. They spend far more time watching TV than studying the Bible or memorizing scripture, and they are afraid to witness even to their next door neighbor or their close colleague at work, and yet they think and talk as if they're great Christians. Let me ask you, are you in that category? Listen, God is more pleased with faith walkers than with faith talkers. Practical application. The ball is in your court. The ball is in your court. Now, you've heard that expression before, right? It means that responsibility and challenge has been directed your way. Now, what are you going to do with it? 
That's essentially what Joshua says to Ephraim and Manasseh. The ball is in your court. Look at Joshua's challenge in verses 17 and 18. You are a great people and have great power. You shall not have only one lot, but the mountain country shall be yours. Although it is wooded, you shall cut it down, and its farthest extent shall be yours. For you shall drive out the Canaanites, though they have iron chariots and are strong. In other words, Ephraim and Manasseh, if you claim that you're a great people and want more land, you can have it. But you've got to work for it and fight for it. It's right there in your territory for the taking. But there are no gains without pains. Ephraim and Manasseh, you can do it. Cut down the forest, even though it's a lot of hard work. And drive out the Canaanites, even though they have iron chariots, and even though you will have to fight. But you can do it. The ball is in your court. What a challenge for us in application. The ball is in your court. Do you want more blessing in your life? Do you want to become a more mature believer? You say you're a spiritual giant and want more? Then go for it. The ball is in your court. Now, you may have to cut down some trees that mar your vision and block your progress. And you may have to clear out some dead wood in your life. And you will have to get more involved in spiritual warfare. And the enemy forces are strong and powerful. But you can do it. The Lord is on our side. Go for it. The ball is in your court.